Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. All right, welcome back to another episode of Other You. I'm your host, Dee. Today on the show, I have with me a musician who toured as a teenager and then got distracted by life and all of its offerings, but he has come back to music. Life is such a circle. Heartbroken Memories drops on the 19th of March. That has already dropped. Go listen to it on Spotify by the time this airs. It, that has already dropped. But for us, it's in a, just a couple days. Go listen on Spotify. You can pick it up at iTunes or Amazon Music and other places as well. Please welcome to the show, Clyde Side. How are we? You okay? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm all good. All good here in the UK. Wonderful. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I'm so glad to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for um, having me on the show. I really appreciate it. For sure. For sure. So you're you're in the UK. What's it what's it like right there right now? Cold. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Oh, really cold. Yeah. Really windy, rainy. But it's actually to be fair, it's actually all right today. It's um it is quite sunny, but it's still it's still cold. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's all right though. You just get used to it, don't you? Right. Yeah. That's that's it, fair. It, just, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's this time of year. I mean, so here in the states, I'm in the Midwest in Chicago, and mm. um, my birthday is very very soon. And I feel like the universe always teases me with some like really beautiful <laughs> weather just before and then it's i'm I'm anticipating like either a snowstorm or something stupid when it finally comes because that's just how it is it's like oh i'm gonna have a great i'm gonna be able to go outside it's march yay no there's some rain and wind and freezing air so here in the states we're in the midst of the uh the vaccine rollout to deal with with covid what's it like in the uk for you guys right now yeah we're we're rolling out really quick to be fair um we've done all the vulnerable so okay. most of the vulnerable have um pretty much been vaccinated um and i think most of like the frontline staff as well okay have been vaccinated um so yeah i think hopefully by the summer we'll start to i think most people will be vaccinated by that point gotcha but um but uh, yeah it's just it's been crazy hasn't it really mm-hmm. when you think about it it's just like yeah. I wake up every day thinking, oh, God, you know, when's it going to end? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just just never ending, is it? But, yeah. oh, man, what a crazy time to be alive when you think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, it's just mad. Yeah. But uh, did you did you have like um, like a furlough scheme where you sort of everyone's off work and things like that and on a lockdown sort of thing? Yeah, we've had a couple of those. Um, yeah very similar to here to be fair yeah. we, we've had a few lockdowns and yeah been in and out we had like a month lockdown for um november mm. uh, to sort of get everyone ready for christmas so everyone right. could yeah. like have a few you know i think it was a week they were saying for christmas okay and then it got to christmas time and they, well you know you really weren't allowed to see anyone on christmas mm. so i think it was like christmas day you could have a couple of people around so yeah, yeah it's just been really up and down yeah. and I don't know if we'll have another. I hope we don't have another lockdown after this. Right. How, oh, nuts, how nuts is all of this? It's, I, it's I feel just, like it's, it's, 
like I'm being grounded over and over again, you know, like I'm, <laughs> like a 10 year old is being, go to your room. <sighs> okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get not, it. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. I get the need for it, but it's just, it just feels mm. so peculiar, you know? Yeah. And I think as well, you know, like you can't do anything and you know all the sort of things that you enjoy i was talking in fact i was talking to someone the other day mm-hmm. and they were saying that um i realized now how um how much i took for granted just everyday little things you know like just oh we're gonna nip out down the pub or yep. we're gonna go to a bar or we're gonna go into town yep. and uh yeah, i mean you just can't do that now yeah. it's just yeah know, it's just crazy all right let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your music um yeah yeah, so you have this new album coming out in just uh, a few days for for us. Uh, it's currently yeah. out for everybody that is currently listening to this. Um, yeah, how long did this was this writing session for this album? How how long did that take you? Um, well, it's it's just a, um, so it's a single. Um, oh, it's just it's just, a, okay. it's just one it's just one track. Yeah, I was just but, kidding. Um, so this track, but the yeah yeah, <laughs> but the. Um, it, it'll be on the album eventually on one of the albums that we put out. It'll be okay. on there and we'll, we'll probably call it, we'll probably keep the same name as well. Heartbroken memories for, okay. the, for the album as well. Um, but this, this song, it probably took me, it probably took me about a week to write. Um, and then to kind of like compose it and things like that. And to have people work, work on it as well, just to sort of touch it up a bit. Mm-hmm. I'd say the whole thing probably took about six weeks okay something like that yeah okay. yeah um and i mean i it was one of those songs where it it did nothing worked for ages yeah. for, for days and weeks and weeks nothing happened i couldn't think of anything to write about mm. i kind of had like a mood that i wanted to write about like kind of like um sort of like a vibe or a mood i, I was feeling mm-hmm. but I, and i kind of knew what i wanted to write about but I couldn't get anything going for ages. I just couldn't think. It's a bit like, um, you know, they call it writer's block, don't they? Sure, yeah. Um, where you just you just can't think of anything. Nothing would rhyme because mm-hmm. that's a big factor in music, you know, right, looking yeah. at stuff, words to rhyme and associations and things mm-hmm. like that. It's a bit like poetry. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, it just nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden I was just driving somewhere one day and I thought this line, I thought, okay, that, you know, that might be, quite cool to put in it mm-hmm. and then i just kind of based it all around around that really and, and then you know okay. tweak it and you know you take lines out you put add other lines in you yeah. move stuff around um yeah and eventually you know you get to a point where you want to record it um okay. that, that's kind of the process really um so does but, it does it know, normally start with when you get that first line and you're like oh i really like this can i build on this or can i fit this into something else yeah, I mean the, the the line that it was that that came in was um, white smile misery, and I thought that sounded pretty cool, pretty cool. Okay. And then you've got to decide where you want that line to go, or if you want to add anything to it. Mm-hmm. So we put that line eventually into the chorus, um, and sort of I wrote the chorus first, um, and then built everything around the chorus. Really, it doesn't mm-hmm. always work like that. Sometimes you might, sometimes you can write a song in. 20 minutes yeah it just just depends how how creative you are and and some people some people like you know they have different creative ways they'll yeah. sort of you know some people might have a few beers or something mm-hmm. or they might um you know they have they have ways of being creative so mm-hmm. 
it's yeah it's different it's, it's, it's a strange process really because it can take you like 20 minutes to write a song or it can take you like six weeks to write a song yeah, yeah. so do it's you, it and it's it's always good do you find it harder to write the words to a song or the music mm, oh yeah that's a good question um i would probably say for me probably the probably the actual lyrics are the hardest the are uh, nice, for me yeah. I can sort of play, like you, what happens is I usually find something out on, on the guitar, mm-hmm. kind of like um, a, a chord structure and sort of tweak it and manipulate it a little bit to, to what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that bit kind of falls in place by itself. But the, but the lyric side of it, I find that quite hard because hmm. it's always like an up and down. It's an up and down sort of thing because... With the, you know, with when you're writing music with your instruments, mm-hmm. they already make the sound for you. Yeah. But when you're writing lyrics, you've got to try and you've got to try and think how you want it to sound. Yeah. So then you've got to try and sing it in a particular way, and the yeah. song always sounds different every time you hmm. you, you know, trying to put it down. Then you forget, and I'm typical with me as well, I'll probably lay a few lines down, um, and get get a sort of rhythm in my head and a, yeah. and a sort of sound that I want. And then the next day, I think, oh, what was that sound? I completely yeah. forgot. So then oh I got to start gosh. again. You think, oh, God. But, oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I, I can relate but to yeah. that. I can relate to that yeah. so finely. <laughs> like, yeah. I, have, I have notebooks and notebooks. Because like, when I was younger, I thought I was going to be a musician, right? So I have notebooks yeah. and notebooks of music and yeah. then notebooks and notebooks of lyrics, right? And oh, I, right. I never okay. figured out how to put them together well because i would just like start with a riff or something and then build on that and be like oh man i really like this musical piece right yeah. or i'm like really inspired with something and i'm writing a bunch of lyrics down but it, like i i could net like the wires to connect those two just never met um yes. but there are so many pages of just uh notes it's not mm-hmm. like on a staff it doesn't tell me exactly like how I should be playing or for how long or what the rhythm is. Nothing. It's just a bunch of notes. And then I'll yeah. like, have like some, some background or whatever. Say, Oh, it's, it kind of sounds like this. And then I'll, there'll be some like doo doo doos in there or whatever. Yeah. What was I thinking? What, how does this make any sense? You know? So I get <laughs> yeah. you like coming back to it and like, Oh, what was, what was that? How, how, yeah, I got yeah, you. I feel, yeah, I feel you. yeah. It's it's oh yeah, and sometimes you know you can lay it down perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I tell you as well, when I'm recording, and this is happens to me all the time, when I'm actually recording the song, usually, well, at, at the minute because of obviously COVID and things like that, mm-hmm. I record everything in my in, in the studio in my home studio where we are yeah. now, and uh, because it's just me doing it, there's a lot to think about all the time, mm-hmm. so. You have to set everything up and then press record and you start singing, laying the choruses down, all the verses. And you think, oh, you know, that sounds really good. And you look down you haven't, and you haven't hit record properly and you think, oh, you know what I mean? It's just it's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. And then because you're angry and annoyed, you're trying to get it right like that every time. And it just never happens. So oh I just take a breather. I go downstairs for like two hours and just <laughs> have a drink and call up. Yes. Yes. Oh, I was... I was in a band for a while and we recorded, mm. <clears throat> we were recording uh, one of our songs and the way we did it, we did, we did live recording in a room. We weren't all uh, mic'd up. It was like, uh, there were two mics, two condensers in the room and we were all just oh, yeah. playing together. Right. 
Yeah. And uh, I was on the drums, and I, like, at one point, I felt like, oh, I missed a beat there, and I don't like mm. the way it sounded. Uh, can we do it again? And then for, like, yeah. two and a half hours, we could not yeah. get on the same page again. And it was just, like, <laughs> yeah. over and over. And they were like, you know, that first one, that first take, that was pretty good. Are you, are you, are you sure? I'm like, I'm... I just, I just know I missed it and it's going to bother me. I just want, I just want to get it right. And it's like, yeah, but we haven't all yeah. been able to get it right ever since. Are you sure you want to? So, oh my gosh. I, oh man. Oh, it drives you up the wall, don't it? Yes. Oh my goodness. But, That's so Yeah, funny. it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's part of the, it, it's, it's sometimes you think it is irritating, but mm -hmm. it is sort of part of the process, isn't it? it yeah. It's all part of the process of creating, you know, not just music, but anything. You kind of have to just keep going for that. And sometimes it is repetitive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, isn't yeah. it? With with that sort of thing, you have to. Yeah. It's just a repetitive process constantly. Yeah. Oh, but but I do know what you mean. It is irritating. Yeah. <laughs> it's really frustrating. Oh, <laughs> all right. So, Let's transition to the decision. Hit us with the decision what was that moment in your life where you made a choice or life made a choice for you and you have seen the effects ever since yeah so the one that sort of comes back to me um a lot um and we spoke about it um uh, we've spoke about it a little bit is mm -hmm. um you know i was obviously in a, a band that was doing quite you know it's doing pretty well mm -hmm. um was doing some 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 decent gigs um and we did some we did a big gig at the uh the nec mm -hmm. which is in uh big big, big place in birmingham mm -hmm. um and i decided it was i mean it was we were sort of was together for about i think we're together for about just over a year um sort of going from strength to strength um and I just found that, I mean, there was two things really that, so I had um, a decision where the band was very, very, it, it was very, like I was saying, it was very repetitive. Okay. So when we, when we was practicing for songs, mm -hmm. gigs, the process, it was just, con it, you know, you'd, you'd practice like four or five songs but you'd be practicing over and over and over and over again. And it, for me, it just got, and I put my, oh, literally my heart and soul into performing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wasn't actually a front man then. I was just a guitarist. Okay. But I used to try to like own, own that stage, be everywhere all over the stage. Mm -hmm. um, but I just found that after a while, it was just really, really repetitive, being, you know, very repetitive. And there was a sort of part of me where, I kind of didn't feel for some reason I didn't I didn't really fit in there for some reason and I didn't really feel that I just felt that there was something missing mm -hmm. so that was that was one reason and the other reason is um you know I started getting into you know started getting into trouble mm -hmm. um outside of school and things like that I had um I sort of went I was fitting in with a crowd um outside of outside of the band um and you know i just i sort of just just clicked with them all it was like you know fitting really well but they were all into like crazy stuff mm -hmm. so they were all into drugs and doing all this crazy stuff and but for some reason it just resonated with me and i just took to it straight away and mm. 
Um, you know, that was my life then. I just, you know, almost, I just didn't turn up to band practice one day. And, uh, and that, was, that was it then for like, yeah, I just didn't wow. turn up to band practice, just quit the band. And that was just with them. Um, and yeah, I just, and you know, went on a, a journey there, you know, for like four years of just, you know, ups and downs and getting into all sorts of trouble. And, it, you know, it always sort of, it just takes me back sometimes because I always feel that if that if I didn't do that, if I didn't take that road, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting into trouble and sort of going down the sort of um, you know, drug use and that you know that road, mm-hmm. you know, where would I be? Where would I be today? Yeah, and it's something I always, I always, always think about. Um, so yeah it's it's a strange it's a, it's a strange situation really because it's something i do think about quite a lot mm-hmm. and you know i'm in a good place now um and i'm doing well and obviously you know the music's going well um but i always feel that you know for maybe if i didn't tell that route and i stayed with that band wonder where you know wonder what what would have happened if we'd have uh if i'd have just sort of stayed the course okay um and then i mean about i think it was about 11 11 years later um and i was kind of toying with the idea of making music again but i didn't really know where to start mm-hmm. um and i went to go and see a concert um post uh, for, i went to go and see post malone mm-hmm. um in, in concert and he was actually performing um at the nec okay the same place i performed at you know 12 years earlier and when i saw him uh, perform I, I just thought you know that that's what i want to do that that's that's the road it's just going to be me so i can make the decisions mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's just a strange strange thing how it all sort of you know everything everything built up from in those like 10 11 years was all built up to kind of like that moment yeah um and then from there i sort of come up with the whole persona the clyde side persona yeah um i didn't even have instagram at that time either really um yeah i was well late bloomer on instagram like <laughs> never had okay. instagram like didn't know how to use it had to like ask loads of people oh you know how, what, what are these hashtags i was honestly such such a dork like didn't know anything about social media i had wow. facebook and stuff like that but then yeah i mean and then it was just such a great it's been such a great road um just doing it learning new things and you know up to this point really um everything's gone really well so it's it's a funny old life, isn't it? Really, yeah. how everything boils down to those sort of moments in in your life. What what was the song that he was singing that made it? That what that was the final click. What was what was the song that you were listening to where I was like, oh, yeah, um, this is it. I mean, he does he he does. I mean, the whole thing was 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 pretty cool. Um, obviously, he's got some really cool music, but he does this. He, he's got a song called "Congratulations." Yeah. Um, and before he did that song, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, before he did that song, he did um, like a like a speech to everyone, and it was kind of like when he when he did White Iverson. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he blew up, he got really famous, but I think a lot of people told him that, um, he's just a one hit wonder mm-hmm. he'll never make it. It'll just kind of like, you know, yeah. that's, that's, you know, it'll just be that song and nothing else. Um, but because of his kind of mindset and he just, you know, he basically said, you know, don't let anyone ever say you can't do it. Yeah. Don't let anyone say that, um, 
you know, don't go, don't, don't go, don't not go for your dreams. You know, mm-hmm. you, you always got to, you always got to try and aspire and, and achieve your, your dreams. Yeah. And it was kind of like along them sort of lines. And uh, I thought, you know, it's got like a really, really good point. So, and mm-hmm. from there, I was, obviously I was just toying with the idea, but then I thought, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do it. And, you know, there's always some people that sort of say, you know, you can't do it or they sure. laugh at you or they yeah, say, yeah. you know, oh, you should have done it younger, you know, all them sort of things. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, this, you know, with music, most of the time you are just listening to the music. You know, it's not really about how old you are, what, you know, any, anything like that. It's just, what's your story? Mm-hmm. You know, have you got a story to tell and, and how you tell it? Yeah. Um, and if you can tell it in a meaningful way, then, you know, then it, there's, there's no reason why anyone can't pursue music or any of the dreams for that right. matter. So. Yeah, I think a lot of times people say, oh, you know, when they like laugh at you or say you can't do this or here are all the reasons why you're not going to be successful. I think people are so convinced that they are losers, like just on the inside, like I could never do this. I could never do that. I could never do this. (laughs) So here's why you also can't. Right. Yeah. Because we get into this place where we don't like the idea of somebody being, quote unquote, better than us. Right. Mm. And it has it really has nothing to do with that. Whether or not you want to pursue music does not mean you're better or worse than anybody else. But I think that like the brokenness that we have in our minds is if this person Mm. that I know that I see in my current status, right, Mm. is going to elevate themselves. And that means they're going to their status is going to grow and I'm going to feel less. I have to make sure. And I don't like I don't think that that's on purpose. I don't think people are maliciously going over those things in their mm. mind. It's just that the underworkings of all of that brokenness that we walk through, that it's like, no, I, I have to make sure to keep this person down without ever saying yeah. that even to themselves. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, I love it when people can hear those things and just like brush it off. Like, nah, yeah. I mean, thank you yeah. for your yeah, opinion, yeah. but nah, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this thing. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes people do say some, some things where they'll, you know, <laughs> They, they'll give you a reason why you can't do it, but then they'll give you some criticism as mm. well as to why you can't. Yeah. And every, I think most people have probably had some sort of criticism somewhere in their life like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that sort of thing, even though sometimes you might walk away feeling irritated, annoyed, you know, you didn't really want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to sometimes take on some of the negative criticism because you yeah. can you, you can learn from it in, in, in some in some of the con- constructive negative yeah criticism you can learn from oh um, for sure if it's if it's criticism i think that's really important to grow mm, because if, mm. if 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 you're creative right and you're creating something and the people you present it to for criticism are only ever like oh wow that's so good yeah you're amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. If that's all you ever hear, you will literally never yeah. grow because there's no motivation to. There's nothing to yeah. improve, right? So I, yeah. I 100% feel it's necessary that the people that, especially that are closest to you, critically look at things that you produce and say, okay, thank you. I, I'm so happy that you made that. Let's look at it and how, how good is it? Can we improve it? What What are the things that we can yeah. address? You know, I think those are really, really important. And I think it, yeah. the more you get that, especially from people you love, the more the easier it is when other people see yeah. it and they're like, well, I don't like that. Well, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like that. You know, I mean, because then you're, yeah. you're used to addressing things. And, and then at, at that mm. point, it's like, no, no, like I have gone over this so many times and heard all of this criticism, proved, improved, improved, improved. You just you just don't like it. And so I'm not yeah. going to confuse that with I'm bad. 
yeah 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 no 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 yeah yeah that's it you know it's um yeah you've just like you say you just you, you can't listen to all the negative comments but uh every now and then you'll get someone that will probably give you a negative comment but they'll give you a bit of criticism as well mm-hmm. and i think sometimes like you say the criticisms are you know it's, it's good you can learn from and, and the other thing as well like you were saying with uh people just agreeing with you all the time mm-hmm. um when you have a lot of people around you that agree with you or just let you do it, you end up a lot of the times making the wrong decision or mm-hmm. you don't like, you, you know, you don't grow as a person. You don't mm-hmm. grow um, creatively either because, you know, you sometimes need those people to go, well, what about if you did it like this? Or yeah. actually, I don't think that's, you know, that doesn't sound right. Why don't you do yeah, it like yeah. this? So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, you, 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 can have, you can have too much of a good thing sometimes, can't yeah. you? So speaking of the people around you, when you, when you, the day you didn't show up to practice and you're hanging out with those, those people, um, mm-hmm. it, it, they were completely, that was not a music scene. It was just a, a hangout, let's do fun stuff scene. Yeah. It was just like, um, so basically there was some, there was a few people that I knew from, from the previous school that I went to like junior school. Okay. And obviously they'd all grown up. So I'd not seen them for like probably seven maybe six seven years um yeah they, they, they were like there was a couple of people like that there and then there was like a whole new crowd of people um but they were all just kind of like so basically they were like sort of like free living like they didn't care about anything you know they were like um they didn't sort of take any take any like rubbish from anyone and things mm-hmm. like that yeah and it was kind of like I don't know, like there was just something that I kind of just felt like, you know, I just, I, I just fat fit in there. It was, it was just strange. Everyone really got on, and and at first it was, you know, it was, it was good at first because it was like low key. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just kind of like drinking really, and you know, maybe smoking like a bit of weed or something. Sure. But then from from there, there was like a few of us where it started to get like heavy basically Mm -hmm. it started to get out of control and um it just become like a daily thing really Mm. and it's it's amazing as well um because it it, it's it's amazing how quickly your sort of life can spiral out of control um from doing that sort of thing um you know and you don't really feel you don't think there's anything wrong that's the other weird thing you kind of can see it all Mm -hmm. spiraling out of control but at the same time you kind of in some weird place where you're kind of not really bothered about it it's, yeah and you've got people around you that you know are telling you mm-hmm. you think this has got to stop but you're just adamant you're yeah, just in this nope. weird zone just where double double down mm-hmm. on all of my choices yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha okay so it was i feel like this sounds like um all of those the the punk the punk scene from like the eighties and nineties, right? Well, I guess the punk scene in the late seventies and eighties and then into like the grunge scene where it's just a bunch of people that just want to exist. Right. And part of their existence is like, Hey, let's, let's, let's have some drinks. Let's smoke some weed. Let's do some other stuff, you know, but we're just, we're chilling. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah, it was like that, I suppose. Um, but it wasn't at all like you didn't leave the band that you were in to do like other cool rock and roll stuff. It was just, let's let's party yeah okay. yeah it was just kind of like yeah i just kind of had enough i mean i even sold all my guitars and all that all sort right. of thing sort sold them all yeah just i don't know like, it was just a weird stage in my life where i just i just kind of just really done with it just really done with it all I got and you. 
you know, I think, you know, I had no one behind me in some ways to sort of say, actually, you need to keep, you need to keep it up, mm-hmm. you know, just keep going. Yeah. Um, I kind of had no one. It was kind of like, I just stopped, went like, and you know, it was just no, no one there to sort of like stop me from doing it mm-hmm. in, in a sense. So did the, I mean, did, it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it's, it, I have no regrets about any any of it either. That's Good. the other thing. It's not like yeah. I don't wake up every day really depressed and stuff. It's like I'm a big believer in fate. So I just think, you know, that happened for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, that's where, you know, I'm, I'm here now. I'm here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, got a lot of good things going on. Um, and, yeah, it's just like you can't regret. So You can't. Re- I just think it's. You shouldn't regret any choices that you take in life because it, it all it's all on the you know you're all on a on one road and it all leads to you know um it's just the journey of life isn't it yeah. so mm-hmm. okay um yeah but yeah. you know we're still a lot of us um we're still good friends a lot of people have settled down you know really? um you know they're, they're just kind of like settled down everyone's just kind of normal but there was a point where there was like uh i'd say five or six of us that were just really out of control mm. um so okay. just one of those silly well, things. Okay. So <laughs> in, in that time when things were at their craziest, what was mm-hmm. your rock bottom? What was the, when was the moment where you realized I need to stop this? Um, there was a, there was a couple, there was a couple of things really. Um, I just, there was, there was, I remember being, um, on a, outside and kind of on the street, like I was with a few people and that, and was I remember someone gave me like a big handful of uh, pills and um I, t- I just I, you know it's just like a normal thing for me really like it was just mm. a normal thing to do um and I just kind of I just took them and, and I just remember I remember like swallowing them down and thinking I don't I just don't I don't want to do it's it like a like an epiphany type thing I just thought I, just, I don't want this to be my life you know I don't I don't want to do this and the the other thing um, as well is uh, my uncle was going through some pretty bad times as well, and um, we had to kind of like um, sort of look after him a little bit for for you know a few months or whatever. Um, and you know he had problems with sort of like the same sort of things as me. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'd, I don't want to be sort of sleeping on my sister's couch at like forty. Mm. You know, and I yeah. just thought, you know, that's like, I was always like, in a weird way, kind of like subjected. I always saw certain things that kind of like gave me this like little, it like had a, it was like a beam of light flashing down and saying, you know, this could be you. Like little things like that all the time. I'd see things and it kind of just resonated with me. And I, over the course of like four or five years, I slowly started to sort of come away from it and think, right, okay, you know, I've got to settle down and, you know, try and try and behave. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, on the on the street corner that time, that that was one that I remember that so vividly as well. Um, and I think the day when uh, my uncle came to, to stop with us, that was another moment where I kind of thought, you know, I, I don't I don't want that to be me. So I got you. They were okay. there. Yeah, a couple couple of yeah, they were the two ones that really stick out. To be fair. Mm. All right. Um, as an aside, uh, it's snowing. (laughs) Is is it snowing? Yeah, no way. I knew it. It was too good to be true. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. oh no oh, my God. oh man it's funny you know um because recently um in fact at the weekend mm-hmm. really strange it was like blue sky sun was out it was cold mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it started hailing oh, like hailstones geez. i was just like and then and then all of a sudden it just randomly it was going on for about 10 minutes and then it stopped it was blue skies again i was like what's going on do you know what i mean <laughs> what? what is going on with the world oh, that's ridiculous <laughs> oh dear me that's funny let's let's unpack a little bit of who you were at the time then let's talk about you were 15 right when you left the band 15 all right so let's talk about 15 year old we'll call you clyde i know we that's your like stage persona but we'll we'll stick Mm -hmm. with it so 15 year old clyde uh what was family life like parents siblings anything yeah um family life family life was good to be fair i mean i've got a brother um, he's a bit younger than me, okay. um, and I've got a, I've got a sister as well. And she, so I think my brother is two years younger and my sister is three years younger. Okay. Um, so we're all kind of like similar, similar sorts of age. Um, I mean, we had, um, it was my mum that raised us. Okay. Like my dad was always like in the picture and stuff, but they, they, they separated uh, they mm-hmm. got divorced. Um, but you know, he, he was still like in the picture and stuff. Um, yeah, and generally everything was, you know, you, you know, you never sort of um, come home one day and thought, oh god, life's really terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always like, you know, pretty good. Like my brother, you know, it was always like, because my brother and sister, we always used to like, you know, play, play together and have like, yeah. you know, mess around and do, you know, fun, you know, silly like kids stuff that you usually do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, generally life, life was, yeah, it was just, just yeah, easy. You know, okay. nice, nice. Where did uh, nice where did you grow from. up? Nuneaton. I grew up. N- yeah, it was Nuneaton? a town. Nuneaton, yeah. It was actually um so there's a funny story with well, it's not really funny, but it's an interesting story. Um <laughs> so Nuneaton years and years and years ago used to be called Eton. Okay. Um, but they had uh, for whatever reason uh, a nunnery came so so lots of nuns came to to Eton, and from then on it was then known as nun eaton and <laughs> um, so yeah yeah so a little bit of history for the town That's uh, <laughs> so yeah it was no, known as nun eaton then from from then on um okay. yeah it was, it was all right nun eaton is little little town yeah so nice nice little place right um lots lots of little places to go and people to see okay um Outside of music at the time, 15, before you left the band, what were some of your hobbies? What were some of the things that you did for fun? Um, yeah, a little bit. I used to like go skateboarding, things yeah. like that. We had some like skate skate parks and things like that. Um, I used to do like boxing as well, kickboxing, Ooh. all that sort of thing. Yeah, I used to do do a bit of that. Um, I did quite quite well, to be fair, in, in some of that. I did some... Um, like stepped in the ring a few times yeah. as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah, which nice. is good. Just to challenge challenge myself a little bit more. So I was all my family are into like fitness. Like okay. my dad's into like bodybuilding. Mum does a lot of fitness. Um, and I like I've always I've always trained as well. I've always like gone down the gym, kept mm-hmm. fit and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I've done a little bit of competing and stuff. Um, oh, when I was a bit like when I kind of like had a moment where I was kind of had a little bit of a um moment in my life where i didn't really have any much to do so mm-hmm. kind of gave that a shot okay um so so training was a, quite a big thing as well you know like hitting the gym when i was like 15 so 
um as well i kind of seem to i always kept myself really busy like mm. that's something that that's something that always kind of sticks in my mind you know i was always doing something i was you know if i wasn't doing that i was always just like out with my friends mm-hmm. you know and I was like down the gym down the skate park you know just right. just doing yeah just doing just filling your day with like loads of random stuff really okay but but that so. stuff was active so it's not like you would run to the library and read for six hours a day it was like yeah. outside go lift things go run and skate and stuff like that yeah 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 just like yeah just yeah like lots of outdoor stuff and okay. yeah going to like yeah you know going to the gyms and, and the gym we went to as well was like you know, real extreme gym with like yeah. massive bodybuilders there and nice. things. And also like this little 15 year old going. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I was all, always like trying new things and okay. yeah, I was always trying to, you know, keep really busy. So yeah, I did quite a lot of school really when I think about it. I did a bit of rugby as well at school. Oh yeah. I was on the, yeah, I was on the rugby team as well, nice. which is cool. I did that for a few years. Um, yeah, that, that was good fun. To be fair, we had, we had some really good matches as well against other like colleges, other schools. Yeah, That's really, exciting. really good. But I was always like so small at school though. Yeah, like probably weighed about seven stone. I was like really, but I was super quick. I was always yeah. on the um, I was like, on the wing, so okay. I was always so 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 quick. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, we did a bit of rugby. That was always pretty pretty cool. Um, nice. you know, a bit of camaraderie as well. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, of, of all the of all the sports that I have played, I have never wanted to like join a rugby league. I've played a, oh, a, like a couple matches, but yeah, um, like having to re- like readjust all of my thinking for the rules of this, even though it's so close to some of the other games I have played, and then mm. just getting hit. You know. Yeah. Because I've like I played tackle football in the park, but it's not the same. It's it's not mm. I don't know. There's something different about getting hit while playing rugby. So. Oh, rugby is really yeah. It's really like full proper full contact, yeah. ain't it? And you know, and it's weird as well because you'd be like playing with your friends, mm-hmm. but then your friends. If say if you've got the ball and you're on the floor, you know, and you're trying to roll the ball out to one of the uh, mm-hmm. you know one of your teammates, you'll have like a person that you've known for years mm-hmm. who'll then sort of turn into a madman and like stamp on you with his studs and you're like what are you doing what are you doing that for yeah oh <laughs> ridiculous you know with a big steel steel studded boots think, oh, yeah people do it's a good sport mm. but like you say it's so high full contact yeah i mean it's been a lot of uh, injuries you know with mm. um when they do the scrums and sure, things like that sure. um and they kind of i suppose when the scrum collapses the mm. people at the the guys at the front sometimes land on that the necks land on the shoulders yeah. so i mean it's really it is a really high contact um high contact but then you've got you like american football is pretty pretty high contact isn't it yeah yeah that 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 looks crazy oh man so like the thing about american football is you you know that okay if i get the ball i'm going to get smashed mm-hmm. so i better be faster <laughs> Or at least <laughs> juke everyone so I don't get smashed, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. it's the the like the whole the idea of a scrum doesn't exist. Mm. It's not like you're not fighting with a bunch of people all at the same time. It's you're always right. one versus one sort of thing. And there are certain times where you there you might try and uh, as a running back, um, which is the mm. position where you're literally you stand behind the person that throws the ball, who's the quarterback. You get it, and then you just run. That's it. Oh, just okay. get the ball and oh, yeah. run, 
right? And so you might be trying to squeeze through this mass of, you know, like 350 pounds, six foot 10 monsters <laughs> that are meant to block for the, the quarterback who throws and you might squeeze. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of that, but it's not, you're not working with your guys to push, push, push against all these other yeah. big guys who are working to push, you know, <laughs> no. so. God. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, it's quite nice. big here, you know, uh, American yeah. football. It's quite, uh, it's took yeah. off really well. Nice. We have, um, yeah, there's a lo loads of my, a couple of my friends that go all the time. Um, obviously, a lot pre pre COVID. Yeah, they go used to go all the time, watch all the matches and stuff. But they last ages, don't they? they last, don't they last like three or four hours. Some of the games. It can, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's funny because it's the game time itself is sixty minutes, right? Of, mm. of actual okay. game time, and they right. just prolong <laughs> with all the stopping <laughs> and the timeouts and you know the out of bounds stop the clock stop the clock stop the clock and then there oh, you know no. the the breaks in between the periods and the halftime it can be like no. three and a half hours no way that's yeah. mad that's crazy it's, it's it nice. must be because I've, I've i've never been to america it's always somewhere where i was supposed to go last year but obviously right with COVID. the whole thing that's happened um so i have to obviously go when when everything settles down but um, yeah that's something i've always like wanted to do mm -hmm. go and watch a, a good game of like american football and because it's it's quite um it's like it's really good for the fans isn't it because there's always like a lot going on like from what I, i've seen there's always like seems to be a lot going on for the fans and yeah like it's it's a peculiar thing because um depending on where you're sitting right uh the best place to to to, to be seated as a fan is at the 50-yard yeah. line, right? You don't get to see any of the touchdowns, but you get to see most of the action. And think about, like, oh, cool. cause, so imagine if you're at a football match, right, and you're behind, mm -hmm. you know, one of the nets, and mm -hmm. most of the game happens at the other net. You're just watching right. a bunch of tiny guys at the far end of the pitch, you know, kicking yeah. around, and you're like, what, what's, what's happening? You know? <laughs> and I feel like a lot of times you spend a lot of time watching the Jumbotron, so you can actually mm. see what's happening. You know, you look up there, you look back at the field, up and back, up and back. Yeah. And it's kind of that way with, with football, depending on, on where you're sitting. Because, like, if, if the other team is, you know, running the ball and then they're, like, in, just inching their way but keep getting first down, so they just keep inching mm. their way but they're at the far end of the field. If you're over by a goalpost, you're just like, oh, that looks so <laughs> fun down there. What's, uh, yeah. what's going on? You know? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's something about it that gets really exciting uh, um, and I think th with, with, because of all of the protective gear that football players mm. wear, I think that has exacerbated just the level of crunch that you get from certain yeah. hits. I mean, you, you hear the plastic crunching number one no, and number two, crazy. I think people just lose their mind. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm safe in yeah. all of this. Yeah. I can just throw my body at 30 miles an hour sprint at this other body that's moving at a similar wow. speed and just like, boom, you know, there's that mm. almost explosion. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So, yeah. Yeah. It looks crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So there, there is some excitement there for, for, for absolute certain. It gets, it gets <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I'll have to go next year. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, in a band, what was the, what was the music you were listening to outside of the music that you played in the band? What, what, what was the music that was inspiring you at the time? 15 year old um so um i mean a big one was guns and roses okay i was a, i was like a massive massive guns and roses fan um and they were kind of like the first so before i, I can't even remember how old it be so i was like 13 
and um, I turned this channel on, which turned out to be Kerrang! Um, mm. on the, one of the music channels. Yeah. And it was so weird. Like, you turn the channel on, and then straight away, Slash is plugging in his guitar, and he starts playing Sweet Child of Mine. Oh. And it was kind of like, I just couldn't... It, I, I just I can remember that so clearly now. So it had must have had such a big impact on me, and it was kind of like... Um, you know, I just I can remember I just couldn't get that song out of my head. Wow. Um. So yeah, Guns N' Roses were a um was a big influence. I, I mean, a mixture a mixture of stuff really. I mean, the Sex Pistols were a, a big influence for mm-hmm. me, but also a lot of um. See, my uh, granddad is just like an Elvis Presley super fan, so <laughs> yeah. okay. so he he you know, we'll listen, to, he used to listen to Elvis over and over and over again. So by the time I was like 14, I knew like every Elvis song. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so um, he was a massive influence, kind of like the stage presence, you know, mm-hmm. um, just the, the sort of rhythm of the music as well mm-hmm. um, was something I used to listen to a lot. But obviously a lot of kids at school never used to <laughs> listen to Elvis Presley. So sure, yeah. I was like on the down low a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. The headphones would be in for that one. <laughs> Into it. Um, <laughs> into it but yeah a, a, a mixture of, of stuff like sort of like guns and roses motley crew um then you had stuff like um like def leopard was a big uh one that i really liked um okay. a big band that i loved and then sort of like grungy stuff as well like blink 182 green day um those those sort of bands had a big influence. nirvana especially was a was a big influence for me okay um oasis kind of like lots of different little genres all over the place, mm-hmm. um, you know, like grunge and then pop and then kind of like heavy metal, rock and roll. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, I'm so like some of the themes that I'm seeing here besides Elvis, because of your lovely granddad, uh, there's a little <laughs> bit of, there's like an edginess to it, to the music that you're yeah. listening to. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's so a little yeah. bit angsty with like Blink-182, um, a whole lot of narcissism with Oasis, um, <laughs> you know, and then like, with like the eighties rock bands, eighties hair bands that you have here. Okay. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. What was, yeah. Yeah. Kind of edgy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What was, what was the music that you guys were playing in the band you were in? Um, it was like, um, how can I explain it? I mean, we played a lot of covers, but then we did stuff like, um, it was a bit like blink one, eight, two sort of like, um, sort of grungy pop you know with this kind of pop you know a pop sort of thing to it mm-hmm. as well um yeah we yeah it, i mean we did play a lot of covers um but again the, the covers would be like guns and roses and then we'd play like a blink 182 song and then we'd play like a green day song so it was gotcha. like okay you know we, we just play a lot of different things um but when we did write our own music it was kind of like um yeah sort of sort of grungy a bit you know, grungy with a bit of a sort of uh, pop vibe to it as well. Mm. Um, okay. So we, we just like at that age when we was writing music, we just kind of make it up as we went along. Really, oh that you know that that sounds cool. I'll oh, try that. You know, sing this over the top of it. It was that nice. that sort of thing, really. Okay. Um, so it. yeah, everyone had their own influences as well. I mean, at the time, I don't I don't know if they'd be. I suppose maybe they might be popular over there. We used to we used to, we used to have a band over here called the Libertines. Libertines. I don't know if you're aware of Libertines. So, so there's a guy called Pete, uh, Pete Doherty. Um, and he actually dated, and I don't know if you're familiar with um, a model called Kate Moss. Oh, yeah. Um, 
he he dated her for like years and years mm. and they had like yeah. a big whirlwind relationship but pete doherty um used to live 10 minutes down the road from where like we grew up so we lived in a town called bedworth, bedworth? um which is like 10 15 minutes down the road from Nuneaton. Okay. So because of that, they were massive, you know, especially around the needs and everyone listened to the Libertines and they were kind of like, mm. oh, it, the, the music is kind of like, I don't even know how you would explain the music kind of like, I don't know, like maybe like a, a less narcissistic, more poppy version of Oasis. Gotcha. Okay. It, it was really, really cool music. And they were like really cool people as well. And they were really young when they got famous. They okay. were like, I think they were 17 when they got super famous. Wow um wow. yeah and you know really good songwriters as well so nice um but yeah that that was kind of like the vi a lot of the vibe in school was kind of that sort of thing the libertines vibe mm -hmm. obviously blink blink one two were well they were massive back then so that awesome. was always you know a, a vibe in everyone's music as well into it into so. it so what was what was your projection for yourself at the time at 15 and this is just the the like i'm I'm planning for this for the future. What what did you have an idea of like I want to be a fireman when I grow up? What was what was that sort of thing for you at the time? But and this yeah, is before I'm, before you started to move up with your band and start playing, you know, mm, on shows and then you you dropped out to uh mm, hang out with your with your boys. What was what were you mm, like what was the logical next steps for you going forward? Yeah. Um I suppose I suppose from then, really, probably, I, I mean, I think college, maybe, I was thinking about. Um, and then probably, like, when, um, pro probably, like, the army as well was, like, a thing okay. that we're thinking about. Um, that was something, like, as a career choice, like, a long-term mm -hmm. career choice. Um, that was probably it, really. I didn't really have a lot of ideas, to be fair. Like, I know some people at school had like a real path what they wanted to do mm -hmm. um that you know there was a few people at school that kind of like were into like um like sort of you know they were, they were into like really heavy into like gymnastics mm. so that was like kind of like um like that's kind of like showing off isn't it so and then from yeah. then they went to like uh, acting school and then they went mm. to like the west end and stuff gotcha. so there was a few people like that where they, they like from what i saw they were really like focused they kind of had like a, a like a direct like route what they wanted to do but i wasn't really like that to be fair i didn't i didn't really i didn't really know what i wanted to do to be okay. honest and I, and I used to speak to people, I used to speak to people all the time. Oh, what is your, you know, a lot of people had like brothers, you know, really older brothers, or mm -hmm. they had like, um, you know, you know, whatever, like dads, mums, whatever, and, you know, everyone had to always say, oh, what does your mum do? You know, next thing, you know, oh, my mum's in the police. Oh, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, next thing, what does your brother do? Oh, he's a Marine. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So it was like, it always yeah. change all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think probably, yeah, college was definitely, I can remember thinking, oh, yeah, you know, college would be um would be cool which I actually did go to college and then i never really turned up to be honest so a bit of a stupid thing <laughs> i think i did like a couple i did about i can't even remember how long i was there for now really college i was probably there for like a year but i just wasn't really yeah again like i just wasn't that interested in it and stuff and and to be honest a lot of things for me when um i don't know if i do this um like in america but and I don't even know if I do this now, to be fair, but they used to get you to pick like, so you, so everyone would do uh, English, maths and science, and I think religious education. But then you also picked four subjects that you could 
choose to kind of study and okay. you'd study them for like the next two years up until you left school. Okay. So, so the idea was, is that you'd pick stuff that you would, would be good at, <laughs> but me, because I don't know, don't know why I picked stuff that I was absolutely useless at and I still studied it. So I was absolutely useless at like IT and I picked that nice. and I yeah. failed it. And then I, and then I, uh, I picked business studies, which mm. I was absolutely useless at and I failed that as well. Mm. Um, what else did I pick? I picked, um, oh, I picked music, which actually passed. Okay. I was probably the only one that I picked. So I thought nice. yeah, I'll do all right at that. Yeah. But then, you know, there was things like PE, like, um, like, um, like football and way they teach like about the muscles and that at school yeah. i was pretty into that and never picked it <sighs> and then uh drawing like art as well mm -hmm. i was a really good drawer at school and um did not take that my art no i didn't take it yeah and my art teacher came up to me and went uh you are taking art aren't you for uh your, your studies and i went i was like uh, i don't know yeah you know i'm not too sure she goes, well, whatever you do, you must pick art. That's what she says to me. You must pick art. Okay. Come to the thing. Because in my mind, I think if I pick business studies, I'll be automatically a millionaire. And right. if I pick IT, well, IT is getting pretty big now. So I'll obviously study that. So I'll be a genius in IT. Yeah. But I had these like weird things flowing around in my mind, which just looking back on them were just so stupid. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, I just kind of like, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, college was a big one and probably like joining the army or something like that was, was another one, which that kind of like my projections really. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Going forward. So, and I suppose, I suppose, um, you know, mu music was always one that would probably, I, I sort of knew that I'd always kind of stick with for me. Even when I like sold all my guitars and that, I, I always still wrote music. Mm -hmm. So wherever I was, I mean, I find like little, little books all the time where I've like just randomly like just, you know stuck them away somewhere and then bring them out and they're all dusty and I think oh you know it's like 2008 on it and you look in and there'd always be like three or four like songs in there that I've mm. randomly wrote so yeah, yeah I'd, I'd always you know I, I was always writing songs okay but I just never have any instruments to uh, put anything to <laughs> nice <laughs> okay I'm into it so so yeah yeah i never really had like a proper clear route really i just kind of like i just winged it really i suppose from like when i left school until until i got a bit older and mm. decided to like straighten myself out okay. then i had you know right this is what i'm gonna do and this is how i'm gonna get there and this is what i want by the time i'm 30 say right. okay. <clears throat> i had more more like more sort of uh, direction and, and choice and then i kind of just you know from there just just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and just kept at it and mm -hmm. so that had some you know fairly like comfortable life really so you didn't have to struggle so much okay. um i'm into it so yeah so, yeah, so if so we have your the logical projection what were your hopes and dreams? Now I'm talking like this is where the fairies live, right? All of the unicorns yeah. that you think like, oh, that thing, or you know, the, if the stars are the ceiling, what were the hopes and dreams that were beyond the stars for you at that time? Yeah, that moment. <clears throat> I suppose while I was in like playing in the band and it was mm -hmm. going well, I'm just doing, you know, those those uh, big shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose you kind of think, well, you know, well, we can make it. 
like you know let's let's see how far we can take it you kind of have the dreams of like getting famous okay you know <clears throat> making some money um living like living like a rock star mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing you know all, all that sort of thing that was kind of like the hopes and the hopes and dreams really and just just kind of like i think as well like just kind of um getting to a point where it's like you can you can live like however you want to live mm-hmm. that that was kind of like from what i can remember that was kind of something that always sort of stuck with, with me just kind of like getting out of where where i was and and kind of like just being able to just live how, how i want to live you know and, and drive around in like cool you know proper expensive cars and mm-hmm. you know all that sort of thing and that yeah. was kind of like like that sort that sort of life was kind of like you know okay. something that you'd always think like that that'd be so cool okay to live life like that um yeah so like my, my hopes my hopes and dreams were like you know they weren't like really that focused really they were mm-hmm. kind of just like you know let's just see how far we can take it i'm in a band so you know if we could get really famous and maybe like live that life for you know 10 years or whatever then that'd be like a dream come true yeah you know um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. other than that, yeah, not. I never really had like too many. I never had too many dreams because I always used to think as well. Sometimes, um, when you've, when you, when you've got like hopes and dreams, it's like a massive mountain, isn't it? So you got to yeah. climb that oh, huge yeah, sure. mountain to get there. Sure. So, I, I always kind of like never. I never really set the bar too high. I'd always set the bar like just enough so i could reach it sure. and then I'd get there like how I've, how i've done it now really mm-hmm. with, uh, with everything going forward so kind of like you know get a get a like small a small goal re try and get to that goal and then you just as soon as you get there put another goal in place yeah yeah for sure uh, yeah that's, that's kind of what I, you know. yeah that's the, the smart way to do things the the little goals yeah. and i, th- I want to say that of of all the people that I listen to talking about goal setting and stuff, they, they cite like, Oh, uh, setting small goals and accomplishing them has the highest rate of success because it puts mm. you in a position to kind of like ride the high quote unquote of yes. meeting your yeah. goals. Boom, 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 boom. Instead of just having this one massive yeah. goal without any break points on the way up, you know? Cause it's yeah. like, Oh, how long yeah, is it going to take? Am, am I, is this like a 20 year goal that I cannot do before 20 years is over? You know, am I going to be able to stick yeah. it out for the next 20 years just to do this one goal, you know? Instead yeah, of- that's it. And and it can, get, if, if you set the, you know, like you say, if you've got no like stepping stones mm-hmm. to get to the goal, yeah. you know, you almost fail at the first hurdle. Cause you just think, Oh, I can't do this. It's just, you it's know, but if you do like, yeah. I remember when, um, I released, I, I wrote a song, um, well, before that, I used to see, I used to follow a lot of people, kind of like independent artists mm-hmm. like me. Okay. And they'd always have like loads of success. They'd always be, like, be on the radio and they'd be like, mm-hmm. um, they used to, we've got this thing here called uh, BBC Radio. It's like quite a big radio station. Mm-hmm. And they always used to think, oh, you know what? If I could just get onto BBC Radio, that would be amazing. Like that would be, uh, that would be it for me. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And um, I, wrote a, I wrote a song. It was actually for um, a friend of mine called Jay. He actually died um, mm. about uh, about eleven years ago now. Shoot. And it was like really devastating. It was like it was really loved by so many people, mm. and it was just you know really devastating. And um, I don't think a lot of people really got over it to be honest. And uh, well, I I I did it. I kind of like boxed it away for a long time, and then I kind of just started think thinking about it. Um, and I thought like. 
I think I'm going to, I've just had this moment where I thought I'm going to write a song about it because it's something, it really started off to be something that everyone else could just have. I could write it for everyone else. Here goes a song. It's, it, it sounds pretty cool and maybe it'll help, you know, help a little bit. Yeah. And you've got something for Jay to remember. And uh, it started gather, gathering like some success and people were like really raving about it and stuff. And I thought I'll send it to this this BBC radio. So mm-hmm. I just sent it in. I did some like artwork and that, which well, I thought it was really good at the time. But looking mm-hmm. back on it, it weren't really, it was all right, <laughs> but I could have done better. Yeah. But I thought I'll send it out there. And <clears throat> next thing it was like about two, two or three days later, it was like, oh, we're going to play it um on the radio at the weekend i was like, oh my god no way so that was like a big thing accomplished and then about i think a week went by and then they they emailed me again saying oh it's going to be track of the week so we're going to play it all week across all the radio stations we're going to interview you all this sort of thing i was like no way so it was like another sort of like another 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 like little stepping stone you know it's kind of like um it's good because you know you're going in the right direction yeah. with those little things for like sure. that. Um, so yeah, I was proper made up. That was like a real big thing for me, and I kind of you feel like you're getting some credibility again mm. for like what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, that um, feels great. I'm into that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have so, yeah, it's quite one cool. question about the the when we were talking about projection and you had those options for those electives, those four classes that you could take. For your studies, right? Uh, do you think that yes, you do? You, do you think that you were dealing with a measure of self sabotage? Because if the things um, that you were really good at, you could have gotten into, and especially with that teacher that was like, "You look, no matter what you do, you pick art," right? Do you think yeah, that you were maybe yeah. dealing with a little bit of self sabotage in one way or another by choosing all the things you were bad at because? Uh, just based on the way that you described it was the um, thinking like, okay, I want to be rich and this is how I do it. But none of the things that you, that like really motivated you or like were moving you like on a molecular level were in line with that. Do you think that you were maybe dealing with a measure of I'm going to, I'm going to self, I'm going to self-sabotage real quick. Um, let, let me fuck some shit up I don't sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure. I think it was just really, I don't think it was self-sabotage. I just think it was like, I just didn't care. I just, I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't care. And it was just like, you know, I didn't even really give it a second. Do you know what? Yeah, I didn't even give it a second thought until like probably ye- years and years later when I thought, oh, you know what? I should have done that. I should have done this. I should have done that. Sure. Um, You know, why didn't I do that? And never really like thought about it. But because I, I can't remember sort of, I can remember having everything all laid out and thinking, right, okay, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that. Um, and sort of everything else, I kind of like just, you know, all the stuff I was good at, I kind of just didn't want to, I, I think as well, it was like, there was an, I think there was an element that I wanted, I always wanted to learn new things. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, I was already good at art and I was already good at sport. So it was like, let's try and get a bit better at like, sort of like it and business gotcha. studies in a weird sort of way like just kind of like just trying to learn a little bit more but like looking back really you know you're trying to learn every i was trying to like be a master of everything mm. when really should have just been like you know whatever he was good at just yeah. focus on that and Stick you know could have who who knows what could have 
could have happened with you know especially drawing because i used to draw draw all the time Mm. um and that's that's probably where my first like bit of creativity came from really from drawing um because my uncle was a really really talented drawer i used to draw really cool portraits and things like that Mm -hmm. so and he kind of taught me how to um well he taught me how to draw kind of taught me that you know the aspects of drawing and things like that Mm. so in a weird sort of way you know my uncle was kind of like one of the people that kind of like probably switched that creativity button in Mm. my in my brain is this the the same uh, uncle you you mentioned before uh what sorry is this the same uncle that you mentioned before yes it was yeah 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 so you know in a in a a weird sort of way he was kind of like one of the people that kind of switched that create um creativity Mm -hmm. like switch in my brain you know because he kind of showed me the like like say like the aspects of drawing but yeah i don't think there was any sort of like mm, anything of like self sabotage then because at that time as well i was I was probably only about 13, I think. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really a lot of stuff. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. So you picked deep. that when there was you it, were it, at about 13. Yeah. So it wasn't, gotcha. yeah, none, none of that. sort. it wasn't that deep then. It was kind of like, just, just like, um, just like a sort of mental thing. I just wasn't really bothered about sort of picking those things. I just picked, you know, something else gotcha. instead and tried to, you know, learn a bit, a bit more. But in hindsight, obviously I should have just stuck with, um, you know, the, the things that I was good at, but okay. you'd live, live and learn, don't you? Yeah, but yeah, sense. I mean, all that sort of sabotage thing that didn't happen till I was, you know, a lot, a, you know, a lot older, older. probably gotcha. like, probably like 16 really is where it really started to, you know, get out a bit out of, con- well, get out of control. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that was kind of like self-sabotage. Like, okay. That, that makes more sense. Thing. I didn't realize that it was, it was that much earlier than all the other things we were talking about so that that makes more sense as a 13 year old especially like what do i want to do i want to be rich i'm gonna pick this i that makes so much more sense <laughs> to me now yeah i got gotcha. you yeah yeah okay. <laughs> yeah oh yeah Every, everyone wants to be rich at oh. some point don't they i suppose so okay. especially a kid as well yeah. boy whatever you want and it as a kid <laughs> i love it all right you know what i think i think i have a lot of um information here to come up with with a story i'm not exactly sure where i'm going to take it but i have a couple ideas swirling around so um okay yeah i'm i'm excited to to create this story for you reimagining life for 15 year old clyde you know figuring things out maybe with the band maybe not but at that time definitely like so the decision was to leave the band so we'll address that and then we'll see where it takes us but we'll probably start around there cool yeah yeah that's cool yeah awesome excellent yeah sounds sounds good sounds good great all right so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break we'll listen to a little bit of music and when we come back i'll read the story that i will have written for clyde it'll be called other clyde and then we'll talk about it i'm not scared of you i 
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little musical break. I would like to reiterate my guest today, Clyde Side. If you'd like to follow him on the social medias, he's most active on Instagram. Follow him there at Clyde underscore side with a Y, S-Y-D-E. Again, that is at Clyde underscore side, S-Y-D-E. Uh, he also is um, has a presence on uh, SoundCloud and Spotify. And for him and me, the, the song that he just released just a, a day ago, uh, Heartbroken Memories, uh, is doing pretty well. Uh, listen to it and like let us know where it is now in the future, <laughs> in, in a month from now, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, um, so uh, at this moment, let's go ahead and let's, let's, right before we get into your story, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of your journey to get to where you are. Uh, the, yeah. the story takes place. We're going to um, see what it's like if you didn't quit music. But as part of quitting music and leaving the band, there was a whole lot of life experience that happened. Some of it good, some of it bad. Um, yeah. And you're a couple years sober now. Congratulations. Thank what you. has that journey been like for you? Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a hot, well, yeah, it's a hot, it has been a difficult journey because you have a lot of ups and downs, you know, you go through moments where you are sober and you've not, you're not, you know, you, you're doing really well and then it kind of creeps up on you. So for me, it's, uh, you feel like you're in control. So you go out drinking, you'll have some drinks and then you'll just get this for me. Anyway, you get this like wave come over you where you just sort of relapse back into that old behavior of, you know, taking drugs and, um, and, and it's, it's difficult as well. Cause a lot of the time when you, when you, when you do it, you kind of, um, you're in denial a little bit, I suppose. And I was in denial for a, a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think about three or four years ago, I had a pretty bad, a, a pretty bad experience where I was just doing it all the time. Um, you know, and in the end, it got to a point where I kind of just had to ask for help, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it has, it has been. It's just an up and down journey. It's just something you have to. I think you have to just get to the uh, real. You have to realize that um, you have to manage it or every day for the rest of your life, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I think as you get older, though, as well, I think it gets easy to manage as you get older because. Um, you, you matured, you sort of get, you know, you, you naturally mature. So you kind of don't want to go out all the time. So you kind of just yeah. naturally distance yourself away from it. Um, but I did know one big thing for me that I noticed is when you have a lot of, when you're in that environment, you have a lot of people around you all the time that you kind of glue together and, and, you know, people float around you and you seem like you've got loads of friends, mm -hmm. but as soon as you say, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to get sober, and not, you know, I don't. before you know it, you, all them friends that you thought you had, they're probably reduced, you know, reduced to about two people, mm -hmm. you know, that are probably like your true friends. So, yeah. it, you know, it is it is amazing, really, that you can be badly encouraged as well by mm -hmm. people around you sometimes, which, yeah, has been difficult in the past. Um. But yeah, you know the journey. Yeah, it's just a it's just an up and down journey, isn't it? I guess mm. you have to just um, manage it, manage it every day, and you know sometimes I have real like months and months where 
you don't really you don't not even on your mind you don't think about it mm-hmm. you know i still have a drink like you know i still have a drink and stuff like that and get a bit merry or a bit drunk sometimes but um that's that's kind of like manageable but the sort of drug side is quite it's a bit it just gets a bit out of control really so yeah, yeah it's uh it, it is it has been difficult yeah so you, um, you mentioned um being in denial what mm. tell me what were you what do you feel like you were denying what were you in denial about i, I suppose towards when when it starts to get you know at first it when you start sort of relapsing again, you think, oh, okay, I, you know, that was just stupid. I'm not going to, you know, I won't do it again. And then, you know, the next day or the next weekend comes about and you end up doing it again, but you're doing more. And every weekend you're doing more, more, more. So at first you kind of think, oh, I'm in control of it. And then as it gets worse and worse and worse and you start, you know, not coming home, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, sleeping around random people's houses, you know, yeah. all that sort of thing. And, and someone says to you, you know, I think you need some help. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's the first sort of stage of denial where you go, I don't need any help. Mm-hmm. I don't need any help. And you kind of, that's kind of like the first stage of denial that I find, you yeah. know, you, you, it's a bit of a defense mechanism, I suppose, because mm-hmm. you don't want to say to yourself, Oh, we're here again. We're, we're at this position again in mm-hmm. your life. You're at this stage again where you have to like reevaluate, reevaluate everything, mm-hmm. and you know, calm down, and and you got to then stay in, and so that that's it is difficult. You know, being in denial is re- at first you're in denial, and it takes you like it can take people years, can't it, to get to accept to the you know the last stage, which oh, is yeah, acceptance. For sure. for sure. Um, so you have to kind of just realize that. Uh, if you if you are like if you have a, if you think you've got a bit of a problem that way, you have to try to get to that acceptance stage really quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because before you know it, you know you've got. I mean, I've seen loads of people, loads of people who have had everything and just tipped it all down down the sink because of taking drugs. You know, they've had nice houses. Mm. Next thing, they're living in a bed set. They've had lots of money. Next thing, they're in the overdraft. They're in loads of debt. Um, you know, they've had nice cars, they've had to sell them, they drive around in the mum's car that's mm-hmm. like 20 years old. Right. So, yeah, you can see, like, you yeah. can see, yeah, I've seen it all, really, and in some ways, quite fortunate to see it all, but it's amazing that when I, some, when I have, like, sort of fell off the wagon, um, you know, it's like you can't see it, it's like you're blind to it when it happens to yourself, it's really strange. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just have to identify the factors for that's what I do anyway. I identify the factors, and you know the factors are that you're going out more than you should, drinking mm-hmm. more than you should, you're staying out later than you should. Yeah. Um. You know, and before you know it, you've got people texting you, uh, trying to get you to buy drugs, and mm-hmm. that's kind. Of, you have to just kind of identify all the little, all the little yeah. things along the way. That's what that's what I do anyway, and luckily it's it's helped me. So good. Do you have um? Do you have a support system now? where you can, um, where people are keeping you accountable to all of the choices that you're making now? Where you, they're yeah. Like checking in. Yeah. I ha- yeah. I have some people that I kind of have like that I speak to. I don't really have anyone like check in on me and stuff. Mm. Um, they just kind of trust me to, to tap, to, you know, speak to them. So, mm. um, and there's a few things online, um, in the UK that you know there's like numbers that you can ring and you can ring them and speak to them about stuff which I've done before 
Um, and then there's a few people close, like in my family as well, um, that, you know, I've spoken to before and, you know, I think that's the main thing as well, really trying to, if you've got a couple of people that you can speak to, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a really big, a really big help because sometimes you can feel a bit, uh, uh, like a, I don't know, like a little bit ashamed, I suppose that you've got this issue and that's well you know some people yeah. don't ever speak about it and uh yeah once once you start talking about it it opens up the floodgates and you know you, you start to realize things like mm-hmm. you know maybe i shouldn't be going out till seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, things like you know and things like that so yeah um but yeah i've got a little like support network but i don't have to like i don't go to like meetings and things like that and I, you know i just kind of keep it quite personal and sure. like personal to me and, and things mm. like that and, and, and anyone you know i've helped quite i've helped a few people as well and you know there's a, there's a few people that we kind of help each other as well so okay which good. is uh yeah quite a good little thing that we have good good well congratulations on two years thank you. sober and thank you best best of luck on on the journey ahead uh <laughs> yeah you know it's it, like yeah. the things like this that they, they don't they don't really get easier because mm. the like it's always there right yeah that, like under underneath it all there's always that so one, one of my one of my best friends um he says to me every 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 now and again i'll have this voice in my head that's like oh you know what would be great right now heroin yeah just, just some <laughs> yeah. heroin and he yeah. uh he did heroin um, in his teen years, right? And he's in his oh, right. uh, late thirties now, and so mm. he he deals with that. I mean, he hadn't done it in like what almost twenty mm. years, and still inside of him, there's the memory of that. And so his body yeah. is like, "Hey, you know, we'll be good right now," you know. So yeah. yeah, best of luck. It's 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 an effort every day, and yeah, I applaud you. Good job. Yeah, thank well, you. Sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's just. It's a long, long journey. It's, it's just a, something you have to, you know, manage all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, someone, someone told me once. He said, uh, "Because there's two types of people: the people that try drugs and think uh, it's not really for me, I'll, and they never generally do it again. And then there's the other people that mm-hmm. try it and they absolutely love it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and and then they can't stop doing it, or or they quite, or they manage to sort of, you know, yeah. eventually." Start doing it, but yeah, that's what some someone said to me a long time ago, and I thought, yeah, that's quite quite true, really. Either you either don't take to it, or you do take to it, and it's uh, yeah, it's a strange, yeah. strange. Experience. Humans have not mastered the art of self control. <laughs> no, they, they have certainly not. not. So. No, <laughs> well, everything's an excess, isn't it? As well, like yeah. you know, like today, everywhere. It's like even I know. I, see, I think as like stuff has advanced and stuff is so accessible mm. i find myself getting gets i get so impatient mm. you know uh, with things like yeah. the, my patience levels is just but that's because everything's just now 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 isn't it everything's like so accessible yeah so yeah it's um you know self self-control like the self-control I was talking about so yeah. you know it's yeah. a difficult maybe maybe one day we'll get a We'll get a handle on it. We'll figure things out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. No, definitely. No, that is that is the thing, isn't it? We're um, we're in like a throwaway society, aren't we? Now, I guess mm-hmm. so. Yeah. 
it's you know we want everything straight away don't we yeah so that self-control thing sort of diminishes doesn't it mm. in some ways sure does sure does uh, yep. yeah right on are you uh you ready to hear your story sir yeah yeah right. i am indeed Excellent. Very, very excited very excited to hear cool. it. all right so let's let us get into other clyde <clears throat> callum mate sit still other Clyde sits motionless ray on the raised footpad against the railing opposite his bandmates. On Jubilee Bridge, just a couple meters from George Eliot Obelisk, Other Clyde is sketching his bandmates for the cover art that goes on their demo. The band leans against the railing of the bridge, each on their skateboard. Callum is balanced on his board on the railing, posing his heroically. Eric, with a K, stands with his base, hiding behind the head, resting the body on his toes of his feet. Lewis makes his body into a T, holding his drumsticks overhead, keeping his body completely erect beneath them. Other Clyde, I'm trying, man. I'm doing a rail grind, but in place. You can't even sit still there and draw us, and you're telling me to stop moving? Shouts Callum. Other Clyde's feet are over the wheel wells of his skateboard, and he gently slides it left to right to a rhythm in his mind. Can it? I'm just keeping time with the water below us. You can hear it, right, Lewis? Leave me out of this. I'm just a T offers Lewis, trying to stay out of the many squabbles between Callum and other Clyde. Look, guys, I'm almost done. Just sit a little bit longer. Then you can run off while I put myself in this. Other Clyde roughly sketches the outline of the boys. After several minutes, he says firmly, while his head is still down, eyes buried in the lines of his piece. Done. You guys can bugger off now. I'll show you when we practice next, but this is tight, yeah? Other Clyde pulls up his headphones and clicks play on his MP3 player. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, crying all the time, dives into his ears, bringing a smile to his face. He stays his fingers for a moment and lets his mind build his favorite image of his granddad. In his mind, he sees his granddad sitting in his favorite chair, wearing his white sweater with the pockets full of butterscotch candies, his brown slacks, and black shoes. Other Clyde's granddad always wore shoes inside the house. If I'm going to wear shoe house shoes, then they will be these shoes. Other Clyde giggles to himself, enjoying the flash of a memory before returning to the sketch. He expertly traces an outline of the railing and his bandmates before starting on himself. He starts with his feet and works backward, sketching a pose of himself in a crouch, holding the neck of his guitar with both hands, with the base of the neck resting on his shoulders and the body extending behind him. Yeah, that's it for now. He packs his sketch pad and his pencils into his bag, throws it over his back, and skates home. Some time passes. Other Clyde, wake up, man, shouts Callum. Other Clyde stands in a trance, staring off into oblivion. His eyes glazed over. Rocking back and forth to music no one hears, Other Clyde's hands strum a guitar he is not holding. In his mind plays the song of a factory. The whistle of compressed air making its way through the machinery. Oiled cogs spinning, belts rotating, presses pounding. Whispering, Other Clyde softly mutters again and again, I am not a robot but I play one in real life. You would think the machines have it easy, but all day long it's strife, fighting friction and burning to death. Each piece that moves bathes in oil despite it bringing little comfort or rest. Over and over he recites the plight of the robots, working diligently in the warehouse of machinery. Lewis stares at his fingers and notices he's creating chord formations. Hey, Eric, with a K, don't forget that part. You always forget that part, interrupts Eric. Continuing, Lewis adds, I wasn't done, Eric, with a K. 
Can you tell me what he's playing? Dude, he's just standing there whispering to himself again. Yeah, but look, look, look at his fingers. He's playing his guitar. I don't, I don't play guitar. Neither do I, Lewis. You think the guitar and the bass are the same? Well, for your stupid information, Lewis, they are not. I'm not a guitarist, and you can't bass. And neither can Callum, and neither can other Clyde. It's a hard job. You know how hard it is to play a whole song on only one string? To use only 25% of my instrument? The restraint? The speed of sliding up and down the string without dragging my fingers so you don't hear that hum and squeak the whole time? Look, it's not easy. You should appreciate that. Eric, what the... Interrupting again with a K. Why is this so hard for you? I'm going to slap your face. How's that, Eric, with a K, huh? I dare you, Callum chimes in. I double dare you both to shut up. How's that? Snapping to other Clyde looks at his bandmates who stare back at him with worried eyes and held breath. Lewis quickly inquires, Mate, are you okay? You were just staring off into space and playing an invisible guitar. No, I wasn't. Was I? Yeah, you kept saying something about robots or whatever. Look, if you want to play us a song you wrote, cool, but can we finish practicing this Green Day song first? And you can show us later, Callum demands authoritatively. I really don't want to because I really don't know what you're talking about. Whatever, man. Lewis, count us off, yeah? Let's finish this song already. Lewis shrugs, smacks his stick together, and screams, One, two, three, four. Late that night. There's a loud knocking on the front door. One of the Clyde's brothers answers. Eric looks up uh, and over the young boy's head. Armed with a video camera in his right hand and a bass in his left, he asks, Hey, is your, is your brother home? The cheeky boy responds, Which one? The little one? I don't know. He doesn't get out much on his own, so probably... What? No, no, other Clyde. The only one of you that I actually hang out with? Oh, that brother. Why didn't you say so? Yeah, he's upstairs. He then closes the door on Eric's face, laughs loudly, and runs off. Frustrated, Eric puts down his bass and rings a bell. Oi, coming, other Clyde answers. Oh, hey, Eric, what's up? With a K and not much. I wanted to know if you wanted to play around a bit. You were playing something earlier. Well, you were, you were playing air guitar. I was hoping if we just hung out a bit and maybe you started to daydream you might play that again i could record it we could maybe mess around with it other clyde stares suspiciously for a moment you want me to daydream and you want to film it i don't want to be on youtube or anything no just just to see if we can figure out what you're playing um i guess two boys head up to other clyde's room and he grabs his guitar and sits on the edge of his bed okay now what do i do i start playing or what no 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 I don't think you do. Maybe, maybe just stare at the wall? All right. You better know what you're talking about. Other Clyde lays his guitar in his lap and stares through the strings into the abyss of the sound hole. The information tag pasted carefully on the inside of the body stares back. The words barely visible, he tries to read them for a moment before blinking quickly and shaking that free from his mind. The nothingness calls to him quietly. The myriad of sounds filling his mind are a garbled mess. Audibly, he shushes the cries from the darkness. A single note remains. B-flat. He hums in harmony with the note for a few moments before he hums the fifth note in the B-flat harmonic minor scale. He playfully dances up and down the scale, creating a haunting melody. He sits up straight, cracking his back, and stares through Eric. Eric frantically sets the small camcorder to record, zooming in on other Clyde's right hand. They pluck invisible strings for a moment, before he waves them back and forth slowly as if strumming. Eric with a K, you idiot, what are you doing? Eric adjusts the camera and begins tracking his left hand as it creates shapes up and down the neck of the guitar in Other Clyde's mind. For hours, Other Clyde plays and Eric watches. For, hour, other, for hours, Other Clyde whispers 
On my back, the grass overgrows around and within me, through my pores and out my ears. I am forever the sounds of the earth as it lives and dies echo within my chest for a thousand years. From my fingers spring life, from my feet hearken the memories of all I have tread underfoot. I am stone, yet still untouched by moss. Unlike everything nearby, I am good at staying put. Lights go up at the NEC, bathing the thousand faces looking up expectantly. In complete unison, every voice in the building shouts, I am not a robot, but I play one in real life. The end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that was good. Right on. Yeah, really, a lot, a lot. Yeah, right on. I don't know why I decided that you were going to, like, have a spiritual experience. <laughs> in, yeah, in it did feel a bit like that, to be fair. It was a bit like a spiritual a spiritual experience. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I was really, like, imagining. I was, like, yeah, really imagining it as she was telling the story. Oh, yeah, good. That's, that's cool, man. Good. What was the, I, I never, what was the dynamic of uh, the guys on in the band? Um, how, how do you mean the, like who, who played what? And no, I mean, did, like, like what were some of the personalities of the guys in the band? I mean, were you all just a bunch of kids really excited to play or what, what was that like? Yeah. yeah so we were, um, there was a couple of people a little bit older, uh, like the year above. Um, okay. yeah, generally everyone was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty like excited. You know, they were really, everyone in the band was really passionate about music. Okay. And they and, and they all had their own like influences. Um, there was a guy called Rob, and he had um, he he was kind of like I think he like really was into the Beatles, Tom Petty, mm -hmm. you know, all them all them sort of artists. He was really really good guitarist as nice. well. Um, then you had um, then there was um, the guy um, in the picture um, mm -hmm. that's across to you. Yeah, um, he he was he was really cool he was into like heavy metal like acdc all these nice. sort of things and um he had this really cool guitar which was like a double it was like a double necked guitar oh snap. in the shape of yeah it was very very nice in the shape of um it was like a gibson sg okay but but the top was a bass if i remember rightly and oh. the bottom was a guitar oh yeah it was wicked Sick. i just I always remember that guitar i think oh god what Sick. you know you don't see that sort of thing very often so At all. wow that was that was really cool That's and cool. um uh, and also um we had uh, a good drummer as well um really talented drummer and we used other people as well like we used some people like um to play piano so we brought in mm. people uh, we brought in a girl that could play piano um, we had like extra singers sometimes as well. So we had like, uh, sometimes we had like three singers mm. and things like that. So we brought in a lot of different people mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it just become a, a big sort of, um, I suppose when we we're having like band practice, it was just like a massive like musical experience. Yeah. And we used to like, you know, um, mess around with different songs, practice different things, mm. um, put a little twist on it and things like that. So, nice. Yeah, every, everyone was really cool in the band. Um, and kind of like as well, like like anyone was sort of welcome as well. Mm -hmm. We didn't sort of like, oh, no, you know, there's only four in the band and that's it. Sometimes, right. we, you know, we'd have like, you know, extra people in the band and things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a cool, cool little thing that we had, to be fair. Nice. 
That's cool. But yeah. there were there were four main band members. Uh, there was uh, how many was there in total? There was six, 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 six okay. main band members six that kind of were there from the start. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. And then we brought, and then eventually, I think we brought other people in, and then gotcha. in the end, we had a, quite quite a big crew in wow. the end. Um, so just because like most most bands were kind of like, <clears throat> you know, it'd be like three or four people, or mm-hmm. you know, it was like you know that sort of thing. So this. Right. You know, it was a bit different, especially when we went to the NEC. We was about, I think when we went to the NEC, there was about um, three, four, five, six. It was, I think it was about eight of us, I think, when we went to the NEC. Mm. So, because we just, and, you know, we just, um, we just wanted it to be a bit different. So, obviously, all the other bands that went there, there were like twos and threes and mm-hmm. fours. Yeah. And then we turned up this big entourage. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> just something different, I suppose. And, uh right. <clears throat> That's good as well because you always had like you know lots of people bouncing ideas off each other and things like yeah. that. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it was it was really good, really good, uh, yeah. really good time. Cool. Yeah. Right on. So uh, I saw you bobbing your head or like nodding when I mentioned uh, the Jubilee Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. And George Elliott as well. You got George Elliott in there yeah, as yeah. well. He's like, a, a, yeah. if the, from the picture I saw, uh, it's like right around the corner. Like there's a, mm. like as soon as you cross that bridge, there's a little path and he's, it's right there. Uh, tell me about George yeah. Elliott. Who's, who's, who's George Elliott? Uh, George Elliott. Oh, I'm a bit ashamed to admit this. I think she was an author, if I remember rightly. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she's got a big, um, there's a big statue. Um, yeah. There's a big statue in the town center um, of her. It's been there for absolutely years, years mm. and years and years. Um, yeah, she was like a poet and a journalist, novelist. Gotcha. Um, all that sort of thing. She had some, um, she was quite prominent in that, that era, like okay. years ago, eight 1800s it was right. oh but she but uh, she was from either eaton or nuneaton yeah okay yeah. so she was from there yeah and then they got and then they obviously had the school after her and uh right all that sort of thing but yeah you know yeah school was good to be fair george Eliot school hmm. um right spend five, five years there so mm. yeah yeah it was good lots right of on. colorful characters yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i still speak speak to some of them now to be fair yeah. so Right yeah, they, they're, they're uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed school. I did. Yeah. I know some people say, oh, I hate school, or you know, all this sort of thing. But mm. I mean, when I was when I was like, how old was I when I went there? I was about twelve, I think, when I started there. Mm. Um. So at first, it's like me settling in, ain't you? And as soon as I got to sort of like year nine, year ten, I was like sort of thirteen, fourteen, and started to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So which was good. But I got along with a lot of you know, I got along with everyone. So you know the tough kids at the school yeah. to the like not so tough kids to the sort of more like academic kids mm. i sort of could get along with anyone so nice. that, i think that's why i found it so you know really enjoyable yeah you know um yeah no it's, it's good it's a good town to be fair it used to have um i don't know if i'll assume you probably have we we, we have um well, we used to have in the neaton a big market like it was really famed in the neaton have it was like um a big market town mm-hmm. so like on a saturday and a wednesday they used to have these like huge market stalls outside and, and then they go all the way down the sh- uh all the way down the streets all through the town 
there's not much of it left now. They don't really do it that much now, but hmm. it used to be really famous, the Nuneaton Market. No kidding. Yeah, it's quite good. I don't know if you have that sort of thing there, like markets, like a market towns and things like that. Um, I would, yes and no. Uh, if, if the way that I'm hearing you describe it, I'm imagining they're outdoor markets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, we will have here in, in it, so Chicago is pretty big. So here in Chicago, we have, uh, farmers markets, uh, yes. that will pop up periodically and in, in different neighborhoods. But Chicago is also known as this like major festival town. Oh, so oh, cool. pretty much from like May until September, every weekend, there are at least two different festival, like street festivals happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have, we have loads of those. It's one of my favorite things of the city that yeah, anytime that's it's, cool. it's nice out on a weekend in the, in you know late spring and, and throughout the entire summer, yeah. you can go find a place that has some tents, see what they're selling, walk through, maybe listen to music, have some food. It's, uh, pretty cool oh awesome yeah i love stuff like that it's amazing focusing on the the music that you guys did you said some of the stuff you guys uh created yourselves who were the main like um songwriters in the group um it varied really like everyone sort of wrote their own stuff and then you kind of just there wasn't like really any uh like main person that um that would write all the songs it it would vary and with that particular band, it was um, that the, where we went to the NEC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was predominantly covers, really, but we all had like little outside projects as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I was in uh, a band where it was just me and another guy uh, called Tom, and we sort of we just we both wrote songs together. So we, what we do is just um i'd start playing the guitar just start randomly singing something mm-hmm. um and and then he'd drum along and you kind of just build up a song out of thin air really and you just tweak it a little bit and before sure. you know an hour would go or two hours would go by and you'd, you'd have some something of a song there so yeah. um yeah so everyone kind of had their own little things where they'd you know would write their own little bits and pieces and would play it and um but in the band that we went to the um we went to the nec it was it was predominantly covers really um okay because it was it was a band really it was a band really that was geared up to uh just kind of like just for pure entertainment really it wasn't gotcha. really like um this is what we stand for we're gonna play our own tracks and mm-hmm. show you that, that sort of thing it was just like an entertainment thing really just driven to hopefully get to play at the nec so what we did is we just picked out the best covers of certain music it's like we picked november rain by guns Mm. and roses oh yeah and we we did you know classic uh we did uh we did basket case by green day oh that's a good one um yeah i love green day and uh what else did we do we did um remember what else we did now we did so many but they were they were some they were some of the ones we did at the nec gotcha. those, those two did songs you, did you yeah. cover nirvana smells like teen spirit we uh oh did we we probably did to be fair we probably yeah. did um i know i definitely played that a few a few times oh, yeah. um i did we did me uh me and uh when when i set up my little side project band um we did a lot of blink not blink 182 of course yeah, we did, did a lot you of any, like, like um, any of the other bands at that time, like that 
emo pop punk type of stuff. Mm. Um, Fallout Boy or mm. oh, what is like My Chemical Romance? Yeah, those sort that's of, the one. Those, <laughs> that's those the sort one. of bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We we covered some of that sort of thing. Um, okay. There was one of the, a couple of the lads had a side project. There was like four of them. I can't think what they were called now. They had a really cool name. Um, Oh, I can't remember what they're called now. But um, they did a lot of stuff like that. They did a lot of cool songs like My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. And, like and their, their music was quite similar to that sort of thing, like that sort of like emo, yeah. emo style music. Yeah, they, they had some nice. had some good uh, good tracks. So, My favorite thing about yeah. My Chemical Romance is I thought I knew like their flash, flagship song. I thought I knew it. I was like, oh, I know oh, this okay. song. And so I was... Yeah. I was uh, playing music with the this uh, there were a bunch of people that i knew that played music and so every now and again we would just get together and just jam and so like oh let's yeah. play this i was like i got you i know this song i'll sing it let's go <laughs> and i was like i don't know the song at all how do i think <laughs> i know this song <laughs> you know i, I can know, sing like all the bits that everybody uh yeah knows. like that that op- the opening bit and you know some of the mm. chorus but i was like i guys i apologize i don't know the song as well as i thought i did <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, um, when you start singing, like, on your own, when there's no backing track behind you, mm-hmm. you realize, like, oh, man, there's so much to think about. You've got the timing. Mm-hmm. You've got to hit hit it at the right point. You've, all the words. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll get well frustrated. When I, when I, it's not so bad for me when I'm making my own track because mm-hmm. I wrote it. I know what sure, the next yeah. line is and stuff and whatever. Um, although sometimes it does frustrate me because... <laughs> Some some of the the one of the tracks that I've been working on recently, there's almost as as the sort of verse, um, the verse sort of pans out and there's a bit almost like a sort of like a silence, a, like a second silence, and then it jumps straight into the chorus. When I was trying to record that, I'd miss that chorus again and again. I honestly, it took me ages to record it because I was just so got so frustrated with it. I just turned it off every day. Turn it <laughs> off. I'd start again tomorrow. Oh man, it's funny. Like growing up playing music. I never wanted to do covers ever because I felt mm. like if I start doing covers, I'll never stop. I'll never write my yeah. own stuff and I'll only ever mm. know music that other people do. So intentionally, yeah. if I was ever jamming, I was like, no, I'm not. Mm. You guys go ahead. Or if, if we're going to play this, I will just play lead and just play around in whatever key mm. or formation that you guys are doing. And I'll, I'll just accent because I don't want to I don't want to memorize yeah all these other songs from other people. Cause that's going to impact what I do. Yeah. You know, if I write yeah. anything or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think covers are a cool place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can't play, like, I don't know that many covers. Like I can't play that many covers on, on the guitar and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do mainly write my own stuff now yeah. and I sort of mess around with, and put my own twist on covers. I do that all the time. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's cool when you write your own stuff, especially mm-hmm. when you write them first couple of songs. You you sort of feel like there's something in something creatively that you didn't know yeah. was was there, you know, uh, yeah. which is what I which is what I like. And it's cool to tell a story as well, mm-hmm. which is your which is your thing. Because people ask me all, all the time, oh, you know, why how can we start doing music again? All that, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. You get that sort of thing all the time because you're not because you've had such a break from it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get the doubters and that and. Yeah. I mean, all, all it all it is really for me is just um, just to kind of tell tell some stories in your life. Maybe t- sometimes you'll have a bit of a you might be in a bit of a um, 
have some feelings during the week. You know, mm-hmm. you might have a bit of a down, uh, a bit of a week where you're feeling a bit down. So yeah. weirdly, that's when you make your best music when you're really depressed. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, that's what I think. connect with your emotional state. Yeah. Yeah. I could never write anything. I've t- honestly, I've tried to write so many like happy songs. Mm-hmm. And before I get to like the chorus, I'm like, hold on a minute. This is really sad. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I don't know why it happens. Oh, it's so frustrating. So, so but you know, it's it's what it is. That's just what comes out, ain't it? So yeah. you can't halt the process, you know. So yeah. it is. Yeah, it that's is. so in 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 acting. Um, that, that one of the things that you have to do, uh, that you have to be cognizant of, is not taking the easy path, right? And oh, okay. what what that means is, um, if in a scene your the the dialogue suggests that there is tension right yeah what's the easy path yelling slamming things flipping something over that's the easy path the hard path is being able to communicate all that without all the things all the markers that people are going to quickly recognize right right okay for example if you want to express a measure of frustration sometimes stopping mid-word taking a breath you know, uh, like yeah, catching yeah, yourself, yeah. sort of thing. So doing that instead of go- immediately going to, I'm so angry. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah. but I think yeah. I think in songwriting, that's that's another part of it. I think it's it the 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 sadness or the frustration that we feel is so easy mm. to like tap into that that tends yes. to be you know. But, or like a lot, like some people, like their whole thing is writing love songs, right? And mm, they're just yeah, like yeah. really enamored easily or quickly. They fall in love with people. And so they're able to do, to do that. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, the hard yeah. path would be, all right, separate yourself from that and try and. Yeah. Cause you can easily write stuff like, you know, a song, in, a, in a song point of view, you could easily write, I'm so, you know, you could write a lyric like, I'm so depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so them sort of things. But, you know, that's the easy path. But if you kind of sort of take a step back and, and write more about the, the, the mindset, emotional state, I don't know, like color, colors is quite a good one to, you know, what, what, what colors are you seeing around you? Mm-hmm. What the, you know, the cloud above you, all that sort of thing. You just kind of have to like, Oh, it's a bit like poetry, isn't it? Really, song songwriting. The way, and I've tried to. Yeah. If I ever write a song, I always try to read. I always, I always try to read one or two poems of like. So, if I wanted to write like uh, a song about a, a heartbreak, say, mm-hmm. I'd write. I'd read a couple of poems mm-hmm. about heartbreak, just to kind of like gauge what they're writing about, the emotion, the sort of sense of things that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gives you that little bit of inspiration to sort of follow that road uh, around the whole sadness, you know, because yeah. it is, like I say, it's, it's easy to, it's easy just to write, I'm sad, I'm depressed, the world looks terrible, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's what, that's kind of like a little thing that I, I do, read, mm-hmm. read a few poems and just to sort of see what road to take, just gives you a bit of inspiration, really. Yeah. It gives, gives you a bit of depth to the writing, I suppose, sure. as well. Yeah, um, I agree. Excellent. I think this is, I think this is a good place for us to wind things down. I think we've had a really good yeah. conversation. Yeah. Again, my guest today is Clyde Side. Please follow him on Instagram at Clyde underscore Side. 
C-L-Y-D-E underscore S-Y-D-E. Clyde, this music, uh, download Heartbroken Memories. Listen to that. Find him on SoundCloud. Listen to him on Spotify. Do all those things. Um, But today's episode is coming to a close. Please come back next week for another episode. Follow us on um, Twitter at OtherYouPodcast. Thank you again, Clyde, so much for being here. appreciate having you. No worries. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. For Clyde, I'm D, and we out. Yeah.